0: Everybody and welcome into another episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. I'm so glad that you have joined me again this week. My name is Michael. This is my podcast. I know a lot of people are talking about Tiger's comeback at the Masters this week, but I know a lot of preachers out there this Sunday are going to be saying, you know who had the greatest comeback of all time? Jesus, when he rose from the grave on the third day. So, put that in your pipes and smoke it, America. Jesus, greatest comeback of all time. Check out Easter Sunday this week. And uh, moving on from that, uh, other fun stuff's happening too. The NBA play-in is happening this week, and the NBA playoffs are right around the corner. They start on Saturday, two days from today. And so, we're really excited about that. There's an awesome Awesome, awesome opportunity for you to tap in to this podcast activities this month with the NBA Bracket Challenge. It's really easy to enter. It's free to enter, free to play, and there is a prize you get, an NBA print, if you win. So, you want to join up with what we're doing, you can pop over to this podcast's Twitter account at... Michael likes pod, and all the details are there for you. You can join the bracket challenge simply, 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 simply by following Michael likes pod on Twitter, retweeting the tweet, replying with your finals MVP pick, and an image of your bracket that you can fill out very, very easily on NBA.com and at the link. In my Twitter thread, I've got four awesome print options for you. I've got a Ja Morant, I've got Kobe and Shaq, Michael Jordan, Last Dance, and LeBron stuffing Iguodala in the NBA Finals, all created by yours truly. Here's how the scoring works. You get a point for each correct first round winning team, three points for each correct second round winning team, six points for the correct conference final winning teams, And 10 points if you get the NBA Finals champions correct. And 5 points if you get the Finals MVP correct. Tiebreakers, the number of games in a series, you can select that on NBA.com. So you want to play in this awesome thing. All you got to do, follow, retweet, reply, fill out a bracket, let me know your Finals MVP. It's going to be really fun. And I just thought it'd be also fun if I walked you through my NBA playoff predictions. Now, the eight seeds are not set yet. Those will be determined tonight. But let's get real. I'm not picking an eight over a one. So let's just, I'm going to run you through my playoff picks really quick. So tonight, the Clippers are playing against the Pelicans. Very exciting stuff. But... The winner of this game is playing Phoenix. And I think Phoenix is going to be either of those teams, 4-0, sweep them, moving on. Phoenix has been an awesome team all year. I think they're on a mission to get back to the finals. Phoenix is going to sweep whoever they play as the eighth seed. And Phoenix would play the winner of Dallas versus Utah. And Utah is, I guess, pretty good, but they don't really do anything for me. Uh, I think that this is the year for Luka and the Mavs to get out of the first round. I am taking Dallas over Utah. I think you're going to get a lot of Doncic just absolutely abusing Gobert around the rim with passes, with changes of pace, changes of direction, interesting glass angles. It's going to be really nice. Uh, Mavericks are going to beat Utah in five games, so they're going to go on to play Phoenix. Down at the bottom of the West bracket, we got Golden State versus Denver, and I know Golden State's favorite in this series, but I've watched Golden State play a fair amount of games this year, and I just just haven't really been interested in what I've seen. Curry is banged up, and the Nuggets have Nikola Jokic, so I know what I'm getting from the Nuggets. They're going to play well. They're going to put up points. Defense might be a challenge for them, but... The upset I'm picking in the first round, the big upset I'm picking in the first round this year, Nuggets over Warriors in six games. They would then play the winner of Memphis, Minnesota. Now, that, that Minnesota play-in game the other night was really fun. Minnesota's a fun team to watch. Um, but all of that said, I don't really think they're going to be able to guard John Morant, which isn't, isn't saying much. Uh, it, he's very hard to guard. But I think for all the talk Pat Bev gets, I mean, he's, he's, not, he's not much of a match over a seven-game series for a player of Morant's caliber. Um, and I think across the board the rest of the way, I like Memphis. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to cause Carl Anthony Towns all kinds of problems. Uh, we got Steven Adams, Xavier Tillman, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Sire Williams. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We are deep. I think the Grizzlies are going to beat the Timberwolves in five games. Then we're moving over to the first round in the East, where I've got Miami versus the eight seed, which the 8th seed is going to be the Hawks or the Cavs. But let's be real, it's going to be the Hawks. Okay. So I've got Miami versus the Hawks and I think the Hawks are going to be a problem here. I don't think they're going to be able to to beat the Heat. I've got the Heat in 7. The Hawks are I think the Hawks are taking the Heat to 7 games in the first round, book it. But I think the Heat come out triumphant there. They would play the winner of Philly and Toronto, which I think is going to be a heck of a series. I think that series is going to go 7 games. But I think Philly's going to pull it out. I just don't think Toronto has the firepower, really, to, to win a playoff round this year. But they're going to make it very, very difficult for the Sixers. Bottom side of the East bracket, Milwaukee-Chicago. I don't need to talk much about this. This is going to be a 4-0 sweep for the Bucs. It's going to make it look easy. And then maybe the series most people are going to be talking about in the first round, Boston versus Brooklyn. Boston with home, home court advantage. I'm taking Boston to win in six. I think Brooklyn, they're going to have awesome. I mean, Durant's going to have probably six awesome performances. But I just don't know that team-wise, if the Nets have what it takes to win four out of seven against the Celtics this season. So the Celtics going to be playing the Bucks. So let's just start there. celtics Bucks second round. I think the Bucs are going to take this. I think that this is a team on a mission. They know how to win. They're well-coached. All of their dudes have been there before. And once again, they might have the best player in the NBA on their team. Tatum is great. He's top 10. But I don't think he's quite there, uh, especially without a fully healthy Robert Williams. I just don't think they've, they've got what it takes on the interior. I think Milwaukee's going to win this one in six games. They would play the winner then of Miami, Philadelphia. And I, frankly, I don't like either of these teams that much. But I'm going to take Miami to win here in six, just because I like uh, I like the guys on their team. They they were in the finals two years ago. It was not that long ago. They got a lot of those same dudes. So and and mostly I'm picking against the Sixers here. I I just they I just I'm not going to believe the Sixers can make a conference finals um, until until they until they pre- like they they need to to do it for themselves. But I just I just can't believe it until I see it with them. So that's going to put Miami versus Milwaukee in the conference finals. Let's pop over to the Western Conference. In the second round, I've got Phoenix against Dallas. This is going to be a crazy, fun series. I think Luka's going to have a few games that really make us, us lose our minds. Uh, and he has done that the past couple of seasons in the playoffs against the Clippers. But I think the second round is as far as Dallas is going to go this season but it's going to be tough. I think Phoenix is going to win this one in seven games. Then pop down Denver versus Memphis. Memphis has home court advantage. Uh, Denver is more experienced in the playoffs, but Memphis has a lot more dudes on their team. And defensively, they have what it takes to defend all areas of the floor. Like you have to, when Nikola Jokic is on the Nuggets. So I'm taking Memphis against the Nuggets in seven games. So, yeah, I've got two seven-game series in the West, and I got two six-game series in the East in the second round. Second round's going to be really, really fun. Conference finals, Phoenix, Memphis. I think this is where the magic runs out for the Grizzlies, and they will be not happy to lose, but you could not look back. At this season, having made the conference finals, if you're the Grizzlies and be upset, I think that, that Phoenix is going to take them in five games. I think they're going to be a fun five games, but I think it's only going to go five games. Phoenix going to the finals. Look who it is. Miami versus Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is going to beat Miami in six games, and we're going to have a rematch of last year's NBA finals. But this year, things are going to be different. Phoenix Suns have been the best team in the NBA all year. They've got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Michael Bridges, and more. And I just think things are going to be different this year. Chris Paul literally could not use one of his arms last season towards the end of the 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 postseason. I'm taking Phoenix here in seven games. It's going to be a great series. Phoenix is going to have home court. And they are going to come home the champs. Devin Booker, finals MVP. You can go ahead and book these picks. Um, This is what's gonna happen. Now, if you're doing the challenge, don't pick the exact same things that I did because, you know, I'm in the challenge too. And I want that NBA print um, that my wife says we can't put on the wall, but we're going to, okay? If I win this thing, it's gonna be awesome. So, Phoenix in seven games, it's gonna be awesome. Man, NBA playoffs are back. Let's do this thing, y'all. Let's do this. Go Grizzlies, of course. I'm pulling for the Grizzlies, even though I haven't homer picked them to win the whole thing. I have a a small, I put a a tiny bet taster on the Grizzlies to win the whole thing because the odds were too good to resist. So I'm rooting for the Grizzlies, but I think Phoenix, I think Phoenix is going to take it. So, exciting episode of survivor last night had a bit of ordeal trying to get it on which joel and i will talk about thank you so much for listening to my podcast y'all it means the world join the nba bracket challenge listen to survivor watch like if if you've never been into survivor before and you just tuned in for this hey you know what 41 might be a good place to start if you need a survivor watch recommendation you you've never gotten into it you want to know where to start i have resources that i can send you you watch the seasons in this order you are going to like survivor that's all i have to say so thank you so much for listening enjoy me and joel's conversation about episode six a two-hour episode of survivor 42 y'all stay safe out there see you soon happy easter bye Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Clingers Have Spoken. I'm Joel Clinger. Through Zoom, I am with my brother, Michael. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing good, dude. It's been a pretty wild last 24 hours. Went to John Mayer last night, and uh, there's supposed to be a big storm in Nashville, um, and I'm pretty sure that there wasn't, in actuality, that big of a storm. But by the time I came out of John Mayer, uh, there was it was not raining. There was only a little bit of water on the ground, so I'm like, okay, no big deal. Uh, so we get home about 11:30 last night, and I'm like, if I get on Twitter, Survivor will be spoiled for me. So yeah. I'd much rather watch it now and not have it get spoiled. So I go to Hulu and I'm recorded it on DVR like a good Survivor fan does, mm-hmm. and. I uh, start watching it you on know, DVR, skipping the commercials. Things are going swimmingly. Uh, seeing, you know, the first half of the episode, the fake uh, immunity challenge, um, all of that. Rox Roy has the hourglass, but doesn't know what it does. Romeo is in the middle of this really wonderful conversation with High. And then all of a sudden, I'm interrupted by the News Channel 5 weather ladies. And, yep. uh, you know, I, I resisted on going after them on Twitter because last time I did that, uh, smart, it was, you know, one of the worst, uh, natural disasters in the city of Nashville's history. <laughs> um, you know, but I'm still, I was still a little bit scarred by that whole thing. You know, this is a bachelor finale and you're just going to take the whole thing. Like, I don't even, I still don't really know what happened to Peter there in those 30 minutes. And, uh, so I was really bummed. I go over to Paramount Plus thinking, which luckily I have a Paramount Plus subscription, uh, like any good Survivor fan does, of course. And I, I go over to Paramount Plus, and I, uh, I'm thinking, you know, I don't think it'll be the weather. I don't exactly know how Paramount Plus works yet. So I don't know, but I go over there, and the episode is not up yet episode 6 of season 42 is not up yet so I'm like yeah. oh, this is a bummer so then I go over to uh, YouTube and I'm like I can see that the know-it-alls has already posted their episode and I'm like uh okay no I need to I need to watch I need to watch uh, what happened because I you know I'd much rather watch the episode than hear about it from this podcast if you listen to if you listen to this podcast and you don't watch the episodes. Like, what are you doing? I know I do that with the NBA, but there's 32 different teams, okay? You right. can't watch every game. Uh, like, thank you for listening, and we love you, and you love us, apparently, but, like, it could really be better if you just watch the episode. <laughs> yeah, and so, anyways, I go over to YouTube, I watch the highlights from the two playing games, like the long highlight pass, uh, packages on YouTube, uh, probably, like, 10 minutes each, 13 minutes each. So I watch those come back over to Paramount+, and I see on Paramount+, Plus this is at like, it is now like 1.30 a.m., and there is a black box where episode six is supposed to be, but it has not fully uploaded or something like that yet, fully dropped, so I can't watch the episode yet. So at this point, I did something else for like 15 minutes. I think I went back to YouTube and watched something else for like 15 minutes, and when I came back then the episode was up on Paramount Plus so now it's like 1.45, and i start the second half of last night's episode and the stupid thing about Paramount Plus is you have to watch all of the commercials yeah like like i'd already wa- like i couldn't just skip to the half and then watch the commercials like i had to watch two commercial breaks skipping forward to what i was at So somehow, miraculously, I didn't fall asleep during the commercials that I was forced to watch. And so then I watch it, I finish, I find where High and Romeo's conversation was, finish it, and uh, then Jeff goes out to Rockstroy, tells him everything. I watch that, watch the Immunity Challenge, and um, watch them talk about the vote, the first segment, And then I fell asleep during that commercial break. And I woke up at like 3.30 a.m. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not about to turn Survivor (laughs) back on. I'm going to sleep. This has been a terrible night after John Mayer, which was awesome. So anyways, this morning I got up and first thing I did was I finished the Survivor episode. Um, And yeah, fun episode. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, News Channel 5. I had a very similar experience, except I was watching it live, and I don't have Paramount Plus. Um, but thank you for benefactoring me with uh, Paramount Plus so I could watch it. And the first thing I thought when I was watching it, News Channel Five cut in for an over an hour. I was like, "Oh, Michael's gonna be just like so mad." Yeah, you, <laughs> dude, you could have texted me and been like, "Dude, don't, I, I don't try to watch, like, j- you know, but like." I don't know. I mean you were gonna find out anyway. It was kinda like I mean I was also in a similar boat. I knew we weren't gonna record last night, so I was like, Well, you know, he'll figure it out. Like I'll figure it out. I don't even know what I'm gonna do, so like that I don't know. But uh yeah, it was something else, man. Um and of all the episodes to jump in on, like this was a great one to jump in on. Like I like this was this may this has probably been my favorite like merge episode in a while um and just seeing like uh, the conversations and we'll get into that more but it felt like the people that I wanted to do well and be involved did well and were involved you know what I mean like it was like it was like wow something's actually happening um so yeah it was super fun um of course it starts off with the You know the the immunity challenge or fake immunity challenge, right? Um, And Jonathan again, his tribe wins and dominates. Um, Although, like Mike, stellar performance, Mike like solid. Everything that he did in the challenge was great, except he kicked Drea in the face. Yeah, which was a an easy mistake to make, right? Like he was trying to like pull his legs up to pull her up, and then she just lost it and got smacked in the face can I say yeah. I was I was a little bit disappointed with drea's performance in
1: yeah. that
0: challenge she kept trying to put her knees on it first I'm like just get your feet up there lean back like you're like you're doing like a rappelling or something like that and right. pull yourself up that way you have a lot better leverage with your feet than with your knees and a lot better and grip and Jonathan's like not an athlete like he's like a guy and he's huge and like I get it he's like super strong and he is athletic drea's like An Olympic athlete. Like, can we, like, take a pause? She's an Olympic athlete? She's, she, she's at least competed in, like, nationals for, like, US, and she's, like, tried to qualify. I don't remember if she's an Olympian, but she's, like, she's, like, really athletic. Like, she's really fast. And yeah, like, to see her, like, gassed like that was a little disappointing. I thought we were going to get more from her. I mean, women Olympians have, historically not fared well in survivor challenges. See Crystal Cox from Survivor Gabon. So, I I haven't seen Gabon. She was so. she was terrible all season in challenges and she was I mean, she was an Olympic athlete who was doping, and I don't think she was doping when she went on Survivor, so mm. that makes a little bit of a difference. But yeah, I I um I thought Mike's uh, Mike showed a lot, but Mike is so likable, and he's a team player, and he looks at people and he says, "I like you," and he means it. And I just feel like that's gonna come back to bite him in the end. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, right? I mean, we'll see. Like, it could be, it could come back to bite him, or it could give him a million dollars. You just never know, man. Because like, I could see a scenario where he's in the final five with like High. Him and High make final five. I could totally see that happening. And then High gets voted out, and then he makes the final three. And when the people are looking at who to vote for on the final three, they're like, "Yeah, Mike. I like Mike. Mike's a cool guy." Oh, if he gets him a million dollars. If he gets to the final three, unless he's against. Like someone who's legitimately masterminded the game, he he will win. He will yeah. win unless he's against someone who has legitimately been running the show. Like if you know, we'll get into this. Well, let let's let's just go through the episode because I'm sure. about to talk about it stuff, and we can just go in order. So we get to the fake community challenge, and to Jeff's credit, they changed a couple things about the the the. Uh, Oh, what is it? The hourglass. Um, but the, but did they real? Other than warning well, people, did they change anything? Look, one of them was a big thing, though. Okay, it was Applebee's. First off, all right. Like oh what a what like, a be- there like there was better food than last like, time. Better. I don't know. Like he he was like he was like, this is a big deal. Like we're changing three things. First thing right off the bat applebee's that's like bro no what are you are you serious It's not like like they're not like they're gonna try harder because they're gonna get like middle class american food are you serious dude i mean applebee's paid him to say that so yeah man but they don't have to lie right like i mean like that's just like that's what advertising is it's lies um so first off Applebee's and then they, uh, warned them that he's, he was very clear. He was like, this is like a big deal. Like if you, you could, you're going to send somebody and they're going to have a lot of power. And then he also said, and this was probably the one that I thought was the most important. He was like, you can switch if you want. And you can say, I'm, I'm going to go. And I, I liked that a lot better. Um, because like, he was kind of overstating, like, this is a lot, this is a lot of power which I feel like it was, like, in the old time, it was, like, you get an advantage. Like, it's, like, well, you there are a ton of advantages already in the game. Like, who cares, you know? But it's, like, this is, like, a this is a power to change the game. And even, like, Drea, when they were talking about it back at camp, she was, like, maybe it's, like, he just gets to, like, flip the results and we're safe and everybody else is not. And Yeah, that like, was impressive. Drea is a better – I mean, for an Olympian, quote, unquote, she's a lot smarter than she is – uh, good at jumping on top of boulders. Yeah, she's she's got a good brain. It's functioning correctly, and 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 I think I think her her uh, downfall is not going to be with her um, analytical side. If anything, it's with social, and we'll get back to that. But basically, they run through the challenge. Jonathan again, they get the boulder out faster, and he just like launches everybody up everything, um, and they win uh and they're happy and they all go to the to the merch feast. and i said this was setting up and i knew it was going to happen with the hourglass and i was like this is such a bummer because like i like all these people that just won like i don't want to see any of them go home um and like immediately like looking back on it they select Lindsay to come with them and rocks has to go to exile and while they're eating i'm just like man like one of these people is going to go home. And in my mind, it was either going to be like Tori or Lindsay. And I didn't really want either of those to go, those people to go home. Um, turns out it was secret option number three, um, which was crazy in itself. And we'll get there. But yeah, what did you think of that group that won? I loved seeing them at like that feast, at the Applebee's feast. You know, like I love that dynamic. Yeah, it was fun to see uh, Tori immediately throw her whole tribe under the bus. Uh, and. <laughs> They, in, in, which, you know, if you're not, if the immunity challenge isn't getting flipped, that's not a bad strategy. But I was really worried for her because I was like, it's going to get flipped and then everyone's going to tell Blue Tribe, which already was like, eh, we don't, we're not about Tori. Hey, she was trying to, she basically said she's not with you guys and that y'all all suck. And right. it looked like Tori was working herself into the I'm an easy boot category at the Merge. Which she was, but hence, a miracle happened. Yeah, it, like I, and Tori really knew the miracle because, like, I mean, these, this episode she did everything else terribly. Her conversation with Rocks at the beginning about, um, like, him not giving her information or something, and she was being like really antagonistic about it. Then she sends she helps send Rocks to the island. And then he he gets back and flips the flips the tide or whatever. And she says, I was sent I sent you there as like a gift. It was like a lot of power. I don't understand. <laughs> like and she's like upset about. It. And it's like, Tori, do you have a brain? Like, are you like Is she really a therapist? Yeah. I don't I mean, think she is. Like uh, her lack of uh ability to Empathize with another human being is pretty impressive for a therapist. Um, it's unbelievable. It's for him to come back from exile for two days without immunity. For him to take immunity and then for her to say that. That is insane. That is insane. Like, what are you... What is happening? Um, but then she does the challenge and it's the rope challenge and they, they line up all the all the letters of immunity. Um, I saw that you liked a tweet on Twitter where one of the flips was upside down. Yes, yeah, so uh, probably most people listening have not seen this tweet, uh, but it was by a guy who does a lot of Survivor tweets. I think he's a media member of some sort, but um, he tweeted out an image of all of Tory's blocks spelling immunity stacked up and one of the eyes was upside down. So, um, you know, clearly that's a very dumb thing. And if you lose a challenge over the, it's not like an upside down you um, from Heroes, he- Healers, Hustlers. This is an upside down eye. I mean, even Jeff didn't catch it. Like, and if he did, he didn't yeah. care. So, I mean. People out there are like, wow, Doris, you know, was like, give me a break. Like that, and, and it's that's a, so it's dumb a, if you lose a challenge over that. It's such a minute difference because it's like thinner on one side and thicker on the other, you know? And it's like, like, just like that little, which way the eye was pointing was the difference. But I mean, such a small difference to notice. But I thought that was interesting. I it would have been hilarious if Jeff was like, no, you don't have it. <laughs> it's like she's gonna start look, all over again. The look on her face would have been like amazing. <laughs> I mean, the way that she does her eye, like uh, that, would be hilarious. My gosh! Like, can you with how upset she was with Roxroy to be like just? I mean, she would have had to have lost it. I would have like run into the ocean. If that happened to me at that point, I'd be like, "Are you serious, man? Are you serious?" Um, but yeah, I th- like she wins, and I think this is further proof that Jonathan is not unbeatable, especially in these individual challenges, right? Because so many of them are for balance; they're for dexterity, and Jonathan may have some balance and he may have some dexterity, but he's just a freak athletically, and you just don't you don't have to be a freak athletic athletically to win these challenges. So good for Tori. I'm happy she's still in the game. I'm excited to see her just like have no awareness going forward. You know, that is that is thrilling for me. In a game where it seems like everyone's kind of good at survivor except for maybe Rocks, but I still like Rocks as a character. Tori is just there to just screw everything up. And I feel like Tori has been a rat all all through the game so far. And I'm excited to see her rat it up some more, you know, yeah, I mean, I also retweeted a tweet that said, "I'm happy Tori's still here, and yeah, me too i mean honestly i i I think she makes this like in a world in a, in a in this new era of survivor where we've got such a diverse cast and all that, it's just nice. To me, to see that there's still an annoying white woman that's going to go far <laughs> I mean that that that's what we all really that's what we all came to Survivor for, and I'm glad that they're sticking with that in the new era. That's the archetype that we all need, you know we like the old guy that says what he thinks, we like the strong man uh, you know, but we also need just like that one woman who is just who off no her one rocker. likes and yeah. is a great television character and it's great. We love Tory. We stand Tory. This is a pro Tory podcast. And you said she was going to make the merge, so congratulations. She made yes. the merge. Yes. Um I wish I could say I have had uh other things correct and I have not had other things Correct. So, speaking of that point, now the five of High, Lydia, Jonathan, Lindsay, and Marianne are up for uh, the vote. And I don't want to see any of these five go home. I love all five of those people. um, Except for maybe Marianne. Yeah, I was really hoping Marianne would get voted out. I was really hoping for that. They... You know, I feel like they're not trying to make Marianne look bad. I feel like they could, the editors could make her look way more annoying if they wanted to because Mm -hmm. they're not like, they're only showing like once an episode where someone is like, no, just stop. That's, that is so (laughs) not right. Like they're only doing that one time. Like they could, I bet, I bet you if they wanted to, like with Tori, you know how they're like showing Tori and they'll like make her look bad. Which mm-hmm. she's done those things, I'm not saying she's getting bad at it. she might just be that way. I feel like they're actually protecting Marianne a little bit because I do feel like they they want you to like her, yeah, and uh they're they're failing in my in my viewing experience. Well, it's funny. I mean, like no one had like called her out specifically before the merge right? Like we hadn't seen like a huge confrontation with Marian. We saw like a little bit of passive aggression from like in between her and Jonathan, but both of them were kind of had the attitude. It's like, this is whatever. Like, I'm not going to let this screw up like our Alliance. I can't, I can't let it screw me up right now. Um, and now she doesn't know these people and she, uh, has like an awkward encounter at tribal. um, and let's just jump into that right now. Her and Drea got into like, that really weird argument where Drea was like, or, or, or Marianne was like, you know, it's, too, it's twofold. You gotta work on, you, you gotta vote for who you think you can work with now and who you can work with later. And Drea was like, no, no. And Marianne was like, but no, but we agree. And Drea was like, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> that was... I didn't understand why Drea did that other than she just does not like Marianne. Yeah. Like the only reason you would you would do because like the truth is Drea would love to work with someone now and work with the same person later. She might not believe that she can, but that doesn't mean that what Marianne said was just wrong. And it it was so weird and it was just so clear, like the tension. Like we will not be getting a black woman's alliance in season 42 like we got in season 41 um that that is that is that that conference that situation was just so cringe i think personally i think that marianne is like annoying i do think drea is a little bit high on her own supply and and is incredibly annoyed by marianne because there's literally, like, that's just bad for your game. You're not voting Marianne out right there. It's not like she, you're making her someone not like you. That's just a bad game move. So, yeah, it was really awkward. And she. I feel like she could have handled it better. But also what I think she was making clear was like, I am not with Marianne. And I don't think that was a to Marianne thing. I think she was like, I don't want to work with Marianne, period. And I want to send the message to everyone else. That like I'm with you, over her. Like I'm good, you know. Because she had that that eight person alliance, which is now seven. That eight person alliance that was not with Marianne, right? She also has her you know her alliance with with Romeo, who's not in the eight person alliance. And she was kind of saying like I may work with these people now, but maybe I'll work with you later. You know, like I this is what I think is best for me and for us right now. And then moving forward, you know, we'll, we'll work it out because like, no, no matter what path she takes, Marianne is not going to be a part of that plan. And I feel like she was maybe just being like, no, (laughs) like, I'm not with you. Like, you're not making sense. I don't want to be with you. I'm kind of drawing lines right now. Like, it's fine to have an enemy in the game. If it's someone that, you know, people don't really like. And that you can move past it. I actually think that's kind of valuable. Right? Um, So, I don't know. Like, I feel like she could have been softer with it. She was extremely blunt. And she's been really blunt all season. And I feel like her social game may be the death of her. Yeah. I. um, Yeah, Drea is not looking too hot for me right now. I think that the person that... There's two people tonight that shined, I think, the most above everyone else, and that was High and Omer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they create this quote-unquote eight-person alliance that then they end up voting someone out from that group, I guess because only half the people were eligible and Tori won immunity. I think Tori was, was going to be gone if she didn't win immunity, but... Um, Yeah, I mean, this eight-person line it was kind of hard for me to keep track of. I was, like, trying to count who was in it and who wasn't. And so I guess it's Jonathan, Omer, Lindsey. Hi, Mike. Lydia was in it. And then Drea and Rox. Okay. So it's seven now. It's seven and then the other four are that aren't in it are Chanel, Tori, Marianne, and Romeo. Which I thought it was weird that Romeo wasn't in it because her and him and Drea like worked together. Yeah. And I like Romeo. Romeo seems to have a solid head on his shoulders. Maybe that's Drea saying, I don't know if I can trust Romeo. He's actually playing this game. And he's a threat. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to take Roxroy with you wherever you go because he's going to be a loyal number. Uh, if you're, if you're in the mode of, you know, strong alliance building, like if you're, if you're playing the game more like freely, kind of like what High, the decision that High made tonight. Although I don't know that he had a huge choice. But I was so when I watched the episode, I'm just going to go ahead and talk about the the vote count so lydia got voted out tonight four to two to two to one or something like that um it was actually six to two to two to one six to two to two to one because omer can't couldn't vote right and so high actually voted for lydia yes who he said was not... At one point in the episode, he said, Omer wants to get out Lydia and that is 100% not an option yeah. for me. So I think he probably felt like, you know, I need to just, just sack up and play with these people. And in the long run, it could, it could work for him because he's going to be more free to move about and he's not going to be viewed as a double threat because he's two votes anymore. Because right. let's be honest, like... He could – Lydia – he was the the alpha in the him-Lydia pair. I mean, he was – Lydia was going to ultimately do what he wanted, and I think people would have easily have seen that. And so, you know, I think High's playing the shields game. He's like, let me get with the meat – like, the, the big strong challenge threat shield. Let me get with the really nice older guy shield – Let me get with the young strategic woman shield. I mean, that's three people, Drea, Mike, and um, Jonathan that are, people are going to want to vote out before high, I would think. Yeah. And for me, I was kind of shocked that he did it. I actually went on Survivor. I mean, I went on Twitter and uh, I, I saw somebody screenshot high holding up Lydia, like before I'd finished the episode. And I was like, no way. And I was watching it, and I still like couldn't believe it. I was like, this is crazy. Um, you know, like, I feel like what it came down to for High was like, "Do I, would I rather play with Jonathan or would I rather play with Lydia? And he, I think he just chose Jonathan because it's like Jonathan's a threat. Lydia's not a threat. Like, if I make it to Final Five with Lydia, they're not going to vote Lydia out before me. They're going to vote me out. And they're going to be trying to convince Lydia to vote him out. You know, they're going yeah. to be getting in her head saying, you know, if you go to the end with High, he's going to win. And then she's going to be incentivized to vote him out. And so that was interesting. I'm kind of surprised that, and I guess the reason that they didn't do this is because Jonathan and Omer are close with Lindsay, but I thought Dre and High would have said, let's vote Lindsay out so that our amulet can get stronger. Yeah, I like that whole conversation where they're like, "I actually want to work with you guys. We have three extra votes right now. If anybody needs it, like it's cool." That was weird to me. I like. I guess you kind of have to have that conversation. Let's see how much that actually holds up before someone's like gets greedy and is like, "I want to kick this person out of the game." Um, I thought that was yeah. I thought that was interesting too. Um, and also like I think Marianne. Would have been more on the chopping block. And I like looking back at this vote, it's like, oh, well, if Hi and Mike just flipped their votes to Marianne, it would have been a 4 4 tie and then a revote. And Marianne probably would have been voted out because they could have voted with the people that voted for Jonathan Lindsay. But they didn't know that she wasn't going to play her idol. And her idol actually came into play. Like her having that idol, I feel like saved her. You know, like it reminded me of last season where everybody knew Xander had an idol. And it was kind of like, well, if we ever vote Xander, he could play his idol and it saved him. But I don't know that idol may limit you because people may not want to vote you at all and just think I can beat you anyway. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if we don't vote for them, they don't play their idol, they don't get a good move. And when we get to the end, they will have done nothing but lucked into an idol or two along the way. And that's no resume to win survivor with these days. Yeah, Um, which is fascinating. That's very different than, I feel like, old survivor or older survivor. Um, So, like, the way advantages are playing out, like final tribal arguments, I'm very interested to see what actually happens and what makes a winning argument. Um, Because, like, last season I felt for me it was all about perception. And since all of them lived with Xander, they didn't perceive him as a threat. And they never did, you know, like Xander was never, I guess, making moves to cut people. Um, and Erica was like doing a little bit of that from the shadows. So like, I feel like that's just an interesting thing that we're just going to have to deal with. But one person who did increase their resume so much this episode was my winner pick. That was Omer. That dude dominated Without a vote. Like, I feel like he, he realized he was safe, and then he was like, oh, I'm safe. So, like, nobody's going to come after me this, uh, this week. So, I'm just going to, like, get in people's ear. And then Lydia just opened up too much with him, and he took that and ran with it. And convincing Hi and Mike, her two biggest allies, to vote her out, That's just, that is insane. That is an insane power that he just did. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by Omer as well. And I think, you know, it's he he did what he had to do to save his alliance members without it making it overtly obvious that that's what he was trying to do. Because the other three people that got votes tonight, besides Lydia, were all Orange Tribe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like... I I thought Jonathan was toast for a minute there. I thought Marianne was toast for a minute there. And Omer basically, I mean, proved himself to be a threat, but I I still, th- like, I think Omer is in a great spot because I still don't think people are gonna be looking at him like a, as a threat, even though this was entirely his doing. This merge vote was entirely him. He went to, like, six different people one-on-one and convince them that they need to vote for Lydia. And that was, that was really impressive. That was really impressive. Like, and he was not only saying vote for Lydia, but he was like, it's between Lydia and Marianne, like offering up, like, Hey, you know, I guess we can vote out one of my people, Marianne, but it's like Jonathan and Lindsay are off the table. And he was able to get them off the table really without it being like super obvious, that's what he was doing. Yeah. And all these people were holding this like eight person Alliance, like really close to the chest, but Omer wasn't really in a lot of those conversations, but he's in the Alliance and he's closer with Marianne than anybody else. So like he went out of his way to protect someone that's not in his like majority Alliance so that he could have an, a, a, like a one-on-one Alliance and, Outside of everyone else, which I feel like is super valuable when you're talking like majorities and people on the outs, and like he kept he was like I got to keep her idle, I got to keep her extra vote, she needs to stay, and then just like navigated that whole thing to knock out a person that he was actually aligned with. That's like crazy because if say let's say even Marianne gets voted out, um, then he basically has to go with this eight. They're down three to four to four to all the other tribes. So if they wanted to, they could just pick them all apart. You're going to have to build new relationships out of nothing. And like, that's that's an impossible situation. Now you're in a majority. And if you make it like three more tribals, you're going to end up with like four of your people in the final eight. And be in the majority. That's crazy. Like that's, that's an incredible move for omer and for him to process that so fast that he just did it like he didn't think about it he was just like i need to switch the boats and then he just walked around and did it like whoa yeah it was a it was a master class and i think people are probably open to omer just because he's generally non-threatening demeanor you know like if if jonathan comes up to you and is trying to tell you that not that jonathan is a, a really a threatening person but he's not viewed as like omer is not viewed as a survivor threat i mean no right. no person that ever has looked like omer has ever won survivor yeah you know like no big goofy guy you know like the small nerdy guys have done pretty good but just like the big goofy nerds like they don't they have not done well uh typically on survivor and so i mean i think yeah i think omer is I don't know if he's in the driver's seat. I still think High is probably in the driver's seat long term because I heard like four different people on tonight's episode say I want to work with High in their like, like Lindsay is just talking in her confessional like I want to work with High, so I need him around, you know. Or and like obviously Omer wants to work with High. Mike is views High as his number one, and so if I had to pick a winner. I would still pick high right now, which I might have. I might have picked him in our little. I think you picked him to go to the, uh, the final. The fi- the finale. Yeah. I had him in the finale. Okay, and I I had him in the Ricard spot probably. You had you had when we picked this out for the first episode. You had Drea winning. Drea winning, high and Tori in the finale. High and Tori. You know, I'm I'm loving those picks. I don't yeah. know about Dreya winning. But as far as high and Tory in the finale, I'm totally with that. Because here's the thing that alliance of seven or eight, seven, I guess now, is only, it it might last one, maybe two more votes. And the targets at those votes are going to be like Romeo and Chanel. Because they are the more threatening of the four people that are quote unquote not in that alliance. And obviously, Omer doesn't want to lose Marianne because Marianne still probably thinks she's with the orange tribe. So, yeah, if I had to pick someone to go next week, my guess would be Romeo. But Chanel would be a close second. I I don't think, like, why would you vote out Tori other than you don't like her? Which is not, is she's not so toxic that you have to get her out of camp. She's just someone that you don't like and someone that no one believes is going to win. Yeah, but she's also just like a crazy wild card. Like, if her alliance is coming back and saying she's a nightmare, like she's like, and like, they've seen it. They've all seen it. Like, Romeo, Drea, Rox, they've all seen it. And like, I'm sure if you spend two days with Tori, you kind of get a grasp of like, wow, this woman is chaotic, you know? Like I I really wouldn't want that either. And I mean, I wouldn't mind voting out Tori because it's like, if I vote out Tori, then I make it another week. You know, like that's one less variable that I have to deal with. Um so I think I think Tory could go home. If Chanel goes home, that makes green down to two, which could be a really good thing or a really bad thing for High and Mike. Um but I think that High's general uh way of being, like you're saying everyone wants to work with him. I think that makes that really valuable because if you get in a spot where it's four, four, two, um, and the orange four is still pretty tight. Then high and Mike can basically choose where they want to go. And then they can ride that until, they, until it's not beneficial for them. And then they can flip. And, uh, I think that's, that's pretty smart. Like after, you know, 12 hours after watching this episode and being, in complete disbelief, that High and Mike made the decision they did. It makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, and it sucks because I had Lydia in my final three. In my in my finale, excuse me. Um, and I like Lydia. Like Lydia is just a a calm, fun person to watch on TV, and she's got like a, a mad Twitter game that I respect. Um, and yeah, it, it's a bummer, and I I don't like that High had to cut one of his biggest allies but also i mean you got to do what you got to do i guess yeah i definitely think that um that this this uh i don't think this large alliance will stick together once it's down to nine i definitely think it's going to be break they're going to be going after each other because you have to start doing threats at nine if you don't start doing threats at nine you're basically one immunity challenge won by a threat in a key spot away away from final four fire making. And because so, if I am anyone on this season besides Jonathan, Hi, Mike, and Drea, I am that is the people I want going out at nine eight seven six. Yeah. You know, like that. You have to get them out at nine, eight, seven, six. You want I if I'm on Survivor, I want to be the person going into the finale that all the fans are like. I guess it'd be I'd be happy if that person won. (laughs) All the people that were dominating are gone. That's what like the Erica spot. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be cool if Erica won because you know that's 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 where you want to be because if if you're a threat going into final six you are going to get voted out if you don't win immunity. So you want to be that person going to the final five where you're like, maybe most people aren't like, I hope they win, but you're like, they're like, I'd be okay. I'd be down for it if they win because there's a good chance you're at least going to be in final tribal and people are going to be feeling good about you. You have a great chance to win if you're in that spot. So like fifth biggest threat of the season post-merge, that's not a bad place to be. And I think that's where Omer is right now. Yeah. So like, let me ask you this. Who is like your nightmare final 4? Where you're like this would be like the worst final 4 of all time. Like like the worst possible final 4. Lindsay, Marianne, Roxroy, and Chanel. Okay. Interesting. Cuz I feel like if that if that went down the wire, I feel like Lindsay would probably win that. But why? We haven't really seen Lindsay do anything. But, like, that's kind of like the good thing about Lindsay. Like, she kind of just like fades into the background and then she made like she does stuff. Like, she did, she has an amulet, you know, like she's capable of like choosing when to risk and when to not, but she just kind of fades in. Like, Marianne does not. Rox does not. Chanel does not. Chanel's playing her own game and she's playing it bad, you know? Yeah. Like, Like, yeah. More than Drea is high on her own supply, Chanel is. I mean, she thinks she is, like, revolutionizing Survivor, and <laughs> she's just not. And I, I, you know, I do think Lindsay, there's probably something to her that we haven't seen. I'm sure there. there's a lot to her that we haven't seen, but she's probably the character left that we know the least. Right. And I don't know if that's because she's an inconsequential character. She'll get voted out next or something like that. Or if there's they're gonna reveal her to us over like the post merge similar to like they did Erica. I hope so, because she doesn't seem inconsequential. Like she's like a core alliance for Jonathan and Omer, right? Like she's a core number, she's she was in those conversations with the eight. She's actually talking. She wasn't just there, you know? Like I think that I think that and I hope I hope that she does well. I you know she she just has like good vibes. I like I like good vibes. Um, so yeah, man, we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, where does this rank for you on like merge tr- merge episodes? I don't know. I don't get people who can rank merge episodes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember a ton. but I, I remember least... the Samoa merge episode. That was fun. When that. That tribe um, completely just choked, basically, yeah. and Russell slash Natalie just completely destroyed the Purple Tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, heroes versus villains. Heroes versus villains, yeah. That's an all timer. That's an all timer. Heroes versus villains, like yeah, the the love note uh, debacle. Yep yep um yeah i mean i don't i don't know i mean so do you feel like this season has been better than 41 to this point that's tough because there's people saying that i think that this season is deeper does that make sense like last season it was like shannon ricard i felt like we're playing on a different level than everyone else And like Evie was fine and Deshaun was fine and Erica was fine and Xander was fine. They were all just fine. But like, I feel like for 60% of the game, it was dominated by two or three players. And, uh, and then we had like the final episode, which was kind of just like whoever was left out of, after they got rid of all like the good players, you know? And, and, I don't like that. I don't like that type of survivor. I would love to see this eight, this core alliance of eight and seven, make it to final seven and then just go at it. You know, like I am hopeful that this season will not turn into one of those seasons where they just try to get the the biggest threat, the biggest threat, the biggest threat, the biggest threat. They'll say alliance, alliance, threat, threat, alliance, alliance, threat, threat. You know? Yeah. I kind of feel like the, the leading survivor strategy in today's survivor is not just get the biggest threat left. I feel like it was that in the late thirties. And I feel like now after 40 and since it's been, keep the threats in as long as you can and then get them out. Like you want to just like stack the deck so that you are the threat remaining when the bigger threats than you are gone and being right. able to frame people as bigger threats than you. I think yeah. that's kind of the, the leading survivor strategy now, because I feel like in the late thirties, I mean, it was like, I don't want to be a threat at all. You know, I want to be like a Nick Wilson type where I'm just, or I'm just like literally off on edge of extinction for the whole season. Okay. But we, <laughs> we're we not going to talk about that. Um, you know, or even even Tommy, uh, I felt like in 39, his whole game was sort of what I'm talking about. Where like I can run the game so that when we get to the finals, I'm the only person anyone wants to get a million dollars, even remotely. That yeah. everyone's gonna dislike the other two people I'm sitting with so much that it, I'm going to win. And that um, I don't know that that's the way that it's played out, where you you want the other people to be just disliked people. Um, But because I do think it's like it kind of is playing out like let's do, let's find a couple easy votes at the merge. And then, you know, at nine, let's start really playing here. Kind of think that's how it's going to go again. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, and that's what I guess I kind of want because I feel like there's at least seven people that if they wanted to be like yeah that makes sense like I'm cool I'm cool with that you know last season I didn't feel that way last season you had heather erica danny um you know people that just like they're fine they're fine people but like I if they won that would be pretty boring um so yeah I guess I'm just hopeful for how the next few episodes play out so yeah it, it like it gives me more of a vibe of an all-star season you know because all-star seasons you can't just like take out a couple threats and win right you know like everybody's a threat yeah but anyway yeah cool man i saw it's exciting yeah, i saw you i saw you uh posted your uh bracket your nba bracket i did and i'm gonna I uh, I believe I talked about this at the beginning of this podcast on my feed um, which I actually have not recorded uh, me explaining the rules of the pod uh, of it yet, but it's gonna be really fun, man. It's gonna be really fun. Uh, you can check out uh, at Michael likes pod on Twitter for the NBA bracket challenge that we're doing. There's a prize. free entry and there's a prize. I mean, wow. Yeah, all you got to do is a few basic steps, retweet, reply, and um, you're ba- basically in. Winner gets a free NBA print made by yours truly. Wow. So uh, who's, who you got in the finals, if you don't mind me asking? So I've got the a re, a finals rematch, Bucks-Suns. I believe I have chosen the Suns to win in seven games. Devin Booker finals MVP wow yeah so so yeah if you want to join Joel you should you should do the contest uh you pick all the series how many games they're gonna go in a finals MVP and uh it's gonna be pretty sick I went through it I picked my finals I went off script a little bit though a little bit a lot I went off script a lot got Uh, got Memphis versus uh Brooklyn I've got Dallas, Boston. Dallas, so. Boston. That yeah. would be exciting. I think I think Luca's gonna go off. I think he's gonna get healthy, and then I think he's gonna go off. So Well, do you remember when I said I think it's gonna be sick when it's uh, Grizzlies, Warriors, and Mavs Sons in yeah, the second right. round? And you were you like, were right. No, it's not gonna be you that were right. Well Yeah, you were right. But the, Ma- the Warriors pulled it together somehow. So the main upset that I have in my NBA bracket is I have the Nuggets beating the Warriors in the first round. I can see it because, like, like the Warriors, they just—they I don't think they have an answer for Jokic. I mean, no one does. And I—I I ha- I just haven't been impressed by the Warriors when I've watched them this season. I know Clay's been playing better of late, but I'm not worried about like I just I know the nugget what the nuggets are and I right. feel like they are going to be a consistently good team for seven it reminds, games it reminds me of like Lakers sons last year where they were like ah the Lakers will figure it out they got LeBron and Anthony Davis they'll be fine and then they weren't fine they got smoked you know like the Warriors haven't been healthy and everybody's like no they have Steph Clay Draymond they'll figure it out we'll see you know we'll see yeah but cool uh yeah anything else to add before we head out i don't think so man it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun survivor season so it's gonna be gonna be fun down the down the pipe here it's like almost halfway over um yeah but uh yeah it's been fun uh well thank you so much for joining us um thank you michael for coming on and doing this with me uh yeah for episode six of Survivor Tour 42, this has been the Clingers have spoken. See ya.